Hi, Brandon Monroe here, and you're listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Another week down, another week closer to the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. I'm Brandon Monroe, and alongside me, as always, is Mark Chavez. NASCAR was in Richmond this weekend. Uh, Cup Series, pretty interesting race, but let's start out, as we always do, with the first race of the weekend, this time around, that being the Truck Series. They were also at Richmond, and it was really a pretty calm race. Uh, You saw Ty Majeski get the pole, led the first stage, pretty much, yeah, no contest, no nobody really on him, pretty smooth sailing there. Bad pit stop when Majeski's Jackman fell down in front of him, jumping over the wall to service the car. Luckily, the lead that he had, he only lost a couple spots. Did drop him back to about third, and from that point on, it was all Chandler Smith. Uh, ended up leading 176 of the remaining laps on his way to his third win of the year and punching his ticket into the next round of the playoffs. Yeah, it was uh, I'm just a pretty boring race. We're talking like, man, does Richmond really deserve this many races after the truck race? Because it it was pretty boring. Our only caution for cause was Josevar dumping uh, Nick Lights. I actually don't know how to say his last name for sure, but he was also the only DNF of the race. Uh, Three green flag laps or green flag passes per lap, and the road or the short tracks always have like fewer, just because the laps are shorter. Uh, although three in the truck series is the fewest since surprise Richmond in 2020, which had a 2.9. Uh, but I mean, no, Chandler Smith just absolutely dominated, led the final, I think, 175 laps. Uh, didn't necessarily cruise. It was looking like it was getting close. If Hosevar doesn't pull that move, we get green flag pit stops, I'm pretty sure. John Hunter was tracking him down. It might have been close there at the end, but at the end of the day, Chandler Smith walked away with the victory. Uh, Given the limited number of races we have on the truck schedule, I would be pretty okay with them just straight up not going back there next year. You know, it really depends on, you know, the schedule. Obviously, we don't know anything yet for the Cup Series. We... We hear rumors, you know, it sounds like Texas might not be in the fall next year. That might be the big one. So there could be some changes on the Cup Series that we didn't quite see coming and the Truck Series uh, because of that as well. So we'll just have to wait and see. We'll probably get some idea how the truck schedule might shake up once the Cup schedule comes out. But I'm with you. Um, the truck race, it it wasn't that great. It was like you said, and I already said, it's boring. You know, there wasn't the a lot of action. That makes- then this is true last time, this time it's in tune for a little while at Richmond. The thing that makes the cup races good to, or bearable to good, I, w- I won't say any of them, and it's been a while since I feel like a Richmond race has been great, uh, is the fact that in the last two stages, they are, the, the last stage and stage two, they are long enough that you always get green flag pit stops. It opens up and the strategy. Now, the, the thing is, the where is getting to the point to where, like, the strategy's almost gone in terms of how many pit stops you take, mm-hmm. uh, especially if all these races are going to be during the day. But it was still there. I mean, we saw in the truck race some varying strategy, and everyone other than in Stage 2, a couple guys tried a, a one-stop strategy. Uh, but everyone pit twice. It was just a matter of when you pit. And we saw 11 laps make a big enough difference uh, that the finishing order jumbled up to what it had been most of the race. Mm-hmm. And 
just when the truck race stage one, stage two, both too short to do that. And then the final stage is long enough to do it, but a single caution can upend that. And it doesn't have to be that long because the truck race is just, or the truck final truck stage is barely long enough to be that, uh, to get a green flag, put stop in. So just with our limit, like there are plenty of trucks in the playoffs that there are tracks in the playoffs that the trucks have gone to that they could just go back to again. They don't go to Martinsville. They don't go to Darlington. Uh, they don't go to, I probably don't want them going to the Roval. Um, but they don't go to Vegas, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they don't the second time. I know they did last year. They had to axe that race because of TV. I do remember that because they wanted to run that race. They didn't want to double it up with the Xfinity race. They would have had to wait until like 10 o'clock Eastern time to do that race this year. So if they could get something worked out on the TV side, they might go to Vegas again. But currently, they don't. So I'm with you. That's track they could go to. I know, too, with, with the rumors of Texas and what's going on there, that opens the possibility of a different race that the Cup and the Xfinity guys are going to be doing in the fall at Texas in, or instead of Texas, because it sounds like they might be down to one race. It's going to be in the spring, and then they're going to reconfigure the track. So congratulations, everybody. We might have finally got well, this blown up. Yeah, let, let's wait till we get <laughs> Official a word. little bit more than a, a guy who's, who's connected, apparently. Yeah, he's, he's but... very connected from what I read into, but I just want to say that that does open the door for say if you don't want two races in the state of Texas in the spring, maybe they go to Coda in the fall. Maybe that opens the door to go to New Hampshire in the fall, which I know I'd be a fan of. Hey, I don't think they go to Coda in the fall because I think I well, don't you, think you want they two want road courses, two right? road courses so, in the playoffs and yeah. the Roval. The, I'm. I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to it, although I do quite like the Roval. We could go back to two ovals for Charlotte. It, it's it's not impossible. The Cup Series, I mean, these cars right now thrive on that style of track. Uh, yeah, I think it's funny because I hated the idea of the Roval when they first you know came up with it. It's produced some really good moments, and it's yeah, had some it, good it, racing. It's, it's made some good racing, so I yeah. I wouldn't hate that idea, but I'm not necessarily a fan of it. Yeah, but either way, I don't think they need the the. I personally, uh, whether it'll happen this year or next year, I mean the year after, I don't think Richmond needs two dates. Period. Not if this is the the, the kind of racing it puts on isn't good enough, in my opinion, to warrant two dates. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and I'm okay with the truck series just not going there. Period. I'd but, definitely be okay with it if they brought back Martinsville for it. Like that's a that's a plus in my book. But honestly, just by the nature of it, there aren't many tracks I think I would be opposed to in place of Richmond. The the truck guys, which kind of just wreck all the time, had one guy wreck somebody this weekend. Mm-hmm. Like I I I don't know if it's just because it's a, a fairly flat track, speeds aren't that high. But most of the time when we see tire wear matter a lot, you usually at least get some guys spinning out. And it's been a while now since we've really had like people just lose it. I think maybe the race being at night, just a little bit of added grit might play a role into it. Because we saw people sliding around in the cup race, and we saw a couple people just spin out. But in the truck race, you're right. That just wasn't, it wasn't there. 
So I, I just I don't know. I don't know if repaving it fixes it. I, I don't. I don't know. But I'm not a fan of the of the truck race. I didn't hate the Cup race. I honestly found it pretty enjoyable. Uh, but again, it, it's kind of it would I the Xfinity race obviously in, in the the spring was was pretty good. But I, and it would not be crazy to see an Xfinity race that plays out more like the truck race than. Than like the cup race. Yeah. That's just the stage is not being long enough really limits the fun that could be had here. Mm -hmm. So I just, yeah, would not, would not be shocked if uh, we, I mean, it's only been back since what, 2020? Yeah. Yep. So I would not be shocked if uh, it reverts back, especially if it, if, at some point, the Cup Series does just start going there once. Then, like, I, I, I it kind of works out now because you have the Xfinity race, you have the truck race. But if they just go there once, then you just have the Xfinity race. Don't need to try to cram all three of them in there. But yeah, no, I would, I would definitely agree with that. That it's probably going to end up getting axed at some point, especially if Richmond does only go to one race. But you know, all in all, I, th I think we've already touched on it. Pretty calm race, other than Carson Hosevar. I don't think this was as blatant as what happened at IRP a couple weeks ago, but he definitely had room to back out of it. He didn't back out of it, ended up spinning the 33 truck of Nick. Again, lights, Liddy's. <laughs> can't say his last name. I'm totally butchering that, I know. But I think that really brings us to the only real controversy of the race, and that is... Should Carson Hosevar been positioned where he was? Obviously, when the yellow came out, the scoring reverts to the last scoring loop. And at that time, Hosevar was still on the lead lap. However, the rules do state, if you are in the wreck and not maintaining pace, you don't get to keep that spot. And I think a lot of people would agree, when you spin somebody out, go to the wall with them, and hit the car and slow down like Hosevar did, you probably shouldn't get your spot back. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't... To me... If it, it hitting him, if being a part of it, hitting him and all that has anything to do with the bearing, then he should have just been penalized. But the reality is that in this instance, he slowed down a great deal. And Chandler Smith was well ahead of him before they effectively at that point have to rule that he maintained speed or blended or what have you. Uh, and I, I don't think that's true. I, I would agree. I don't think anyone really feels that that was the correct call there. And, you know, Hosevar was running around 14th, 15th. That yellow comes out. They maybe do a little work on the tire, you know, the car. Maybe the tires are better. He ends up finishing 10th. Kind of a similar situation to IRP, kind of, well, in reverse, because, you know, he brings out the caution there a couple weeks ago, and that ultimately cost him a bunch of spots. He does gain a couple here. We'll see where that, you know, shakes out for him because right now he's still probably at a negative in these late race yellows he's caused in terms of the amount of points that he's lost from him and well, yeah, i mean he right lost over over 10 points there but yeah. looking looking at all right this but looking at the playoff grid obviously grand and finger chandler smith both locked in uh we have now i think it's three weeks off before they uh go to kansas, kansas. <laughs> uh but Either way there, I mean, these guys will all know what they have to do for a few weeks here. Uh, Zane Smith now sits 46 points 
over the cut line, finished ninth with two stage points. And just with 13 points, he will lock into the next round. But I, this, I mean, obviously Kansas can change it, but these two races, I think, have been disappointing for the Ansems. Honestly, three three races, if you go back to Pocono. Uh, probably Pocono, did have problems, at least. These last two, I yeah, don't but, but, Yeah, in terms of overall performance, though, I think he's still probably the three worst races he's had of the year. Yeah, no, that I would uh, agree with. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see. Kansas certainly the kind of track that he thrived on earlier in the year uh, dominated Kansas to win it when they went there in the spring. But I mean, looking towards Phoenix, a lot more, a lot similar to say a Richmond than it is uh, a Kansas. So um, for their sake, I certainly hope they can figure some stuff out. Mm-hmm. But either way, he's sitting very comfortable. Like I said, just need thirteen points. Which will place him with enough points over Crafton. These are all my own numbers, so they could be wrong, but I I think I got them right. Uh, obviously, the scenario being Hosevar or Ekis winning the race, Crafton collecting fifty five points, the most he could collect without winning the race. Uh, John Hunter swept second place, finished second in stage one, two, and the race. Uh, now sits forty three points above the cut line. And locks in as well with, uh, or locks in with 16 points a game. So those are the two guys that Zane Smith and John Hunter that could lock in at Bristol before uh, the race is over. Obviously, I guess just with the first two stages. Yeah. Obviously, if if two of the three of the bottom three go out and wreck, then everyone's effectively locked in. Mm -hmm. But Zane Smith and John Hunter on their own power, no matter what anyone else does, can go in and lock themselves uh, before the start of the final stage. Ty Majeski, who is. He's looking good. Yeah. Probably the most impressive guy. Chandler Smith, right there. Chandler Smith also had a very good car at a, a IRP. But, I mean, Time of Jesse's putting himself pretty solid in that conversation of a potential Final Four play. Certainly, Championship Four, certainly needs to either get more state, like maybe win at Kansas, get those five stage points, or win in that last round just to help himself. He'll start in a hole there when he get to the next round. But one stage one. Finished third in stage two and the race to now sit 36 points above the cut line. Uh, he will lock in if he gets 23 points at Kansas. Uh, Stuart Friesen, who's had a quiet stage, but solid enough so far, uh, sits 31 points above the cut line, finished 11th with 11 stage points, and he will lock in with 28 points. Ben Rhodes, who finished 18th with zero stage points. Of our top 11 drivers so there are 10 in the in the truck series playoffs mm. uh we effectively have 12 car or 12 trucks that are involved in the playoffs uh we have eight guys that are in both the, the regular or the driver playoffs and the owner playoffs and you have uh the 51 and the 17 trucks driven i assume most of the rest of the way by Corey heim and taylor gray mm-hmm. uh although i don't think Taylor Gray's not 18 yet, so he won't be in it this coming weekend at Kansas. Yeah, I actually I think, think Priest might have a race or, or two. Weeks. I think he has, or I think he has a, a Kansas. I'm pretty sure I remember Kansas and Homestead. I think are the only two I know. I think the only two that Taylor Gray won't be able to do, or in Talladega. In Talladega, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I imagine Corey Allen will be in the rest of them, and then you have Crafton uh, and Enfinger, whose trucks are not in the owners' playoffs. But they are obviously in the playoffs. So 12 total trucks involved in it. 11 of them finished in the top 11. 
And then Ben Rhodes finished 18th. Awful race. Uh, <laughs> awful race. Ben Rhodes has to be very happy that he had a pretty solid race at RP, got stage points in both of the stages, and finished second in the race. Also came in with a uh, decent amount of playoff points. I'm pretty sure started the playoffs third on the grid. Uh, that sitting allows him to sit 21 up. The last guy that can feel relatively safe, like he certainly is in a controls his own destiny kind of kind of area. He does need 38 points to lock himself in for sure. Uh, but if he goes out there, does well, gets a good amount of stage points, he should sit pretty comfortably in. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, be next- too worried if right. I was him. No, I was just going to say, I wouldn't yeah. be too worried if I was him. I know they, it sounded like the problem they had, they tried something different with the brakes. Because that, that yeah, they were talking it, about the brakes rattling the whole race. It did not work. No. Yeah, I wouldn't be too worried as long as they know why it was happening. Uh, and if it was the brakes, obviously that kind of issue not going to be what you expect to happen at uh, Kansas. At yeah. Kansas. Uh, then the three guys that I feel like are in all likelihood fighting for one playoff spot. Matt Crafton actually sitting inside the playoffs. Probably has had, honestly, one of the more surprising uh, round so far. He finished seventh with seven stage points, and as sad as this might be for his season, that is his third best race of the season just in terms of uh, points collected. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he can only lock himself in with the win, which I don't necessarily see happening, but he had a okay, a good finish for sure at IRP and a, a fairly solid uh, race here at Richmond, uh, sitting above the cut line. Uh, Carson Osvar, first guy out at minus three. He finished 10th but got no stage points. And outside of but outside of his issues at uh, earlier in the season at Gateway in Knoxville, uh, where he was involved in a crash at Gateway, obviously, and uh, had an engine blow at Knoxville, this is the fewest points he gained in the race since Atlanta, uh, the race we just had here at Richmond. Yeah. A guy similar to the guy after him that was pretty hot after the first quarter of the season, and this is not a very good round. Uh, last place right now being Chris Neckis, minus six. Finished ace with two stage points. Uh, IRP and Richmond account for two of his four worst points races since Darlington. So for those two guys, bad times to have issues. You can argue Josefar's issues self-inflicted. Uh, Eckes, they just have not been running that good. No, it's it's been a while now. It's Trying to remember where it like really felt like it started to go downhill for him. I want to say might have been like Sonoma. I feel like he got in a wreck there. I can't remember if it was him or maybe you know he finished thirty fifth. Yeah, Seven, he, he was. No, nah, I was just gonna say like you know he finished thirty fifth there, and you know he's had some good runs. It looks like he's gotten four top ten. I mean, there, I they haven't been close to winning. No, they like haven't been close before. to winning. But I mean, in these track series playoffs, you don't have to be close to win. Matt Grafton no. hasn't sniffed. A it's win. true, mm-hmm. and he is now ahead of them. And they didn't have a ton of stage points, but they had or uh, playoff points, but they had more than he did. Yeah, I mean, sixteenth at IRP, and then you know an eighth at Richmond, but not doing enough in those stages, and that's how you get in the hole. And you know, it's not a big one. He could definitely overcome that at Kansas, and he has had good runs on the mile and a half tracks this year, so I don't think he's out of it. But they're gonna have to bring their A game when they go there. I, I mean, I think right now his biggest obstacle at Kansas might be Carson Osabar, who <laughs> has also done pretty well on those kinds of tracks. So uh, 
obviously crafting in the lead now though I'm, I'm sure we'll make our predictions uh when we do this preview in what feels like three months mm-hmm. uh but i will i don't think right now i'm having i'm an even even though he is eighth right now i don't think i'd be picking crafting to uh get through to the next round still i, I know i wouldn't i know michael waltrip probably is because i'm pretty sure he was hyping him up during the race saying oh man he's his last win was at kansas look out for matt crafton <laughs> that was only like well, two he, years he ago. He talked and... so much about Crafton's <laughs> experience at Richmond, too. Which uh, didn't really have. Which, I mean, I, sure, yeah. he had more than most guys in the field. I'll give him that. It was like from 20 years ago until, you know, two years ago, I guess. But like, not it's a not lot that much. more. And there have been a few tracks where that's been the case and it hasn't worked out for him. But I, I feel uh, like John Hunter Nemechek probably has more races at Richmond in his entire career than Matt Crafton. Across all the series, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, looking at the owners' championship, we're not going to go too much into it, but obviously, as I already mentioned, the uh, uh, Grant Infinger's truck and Matt Crafton's truck not in the owners' championship. Uh, the fifty-one of Corey Haim pretty solidly in there. So we are still though there, looking at a three-truck fight for one spot with the forty-two, the seventeen, and the ninety-eight separated by just three points. Uh, and with Priest in the ninety or in the seventeen, I'm pretty sure at Kansas. Uh, I like their chances of, of getting out there. I I would too. I mean, hell, I I think they I like their chances to win with Ryan Priest. Yeah, that, that's that's true. Yeah, a uh, couple other guys I want to highlight real quick. Uh, Taylor Gray brought home six in the in that truck in the seventeen truck and second best non playoff guy right behind Heim in fifth. But we all know Heim's talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, I we talked about this after the race, but I think this was arguably more impressive than anything Tanner's done this year for sure, but probably at all. Yeah, no, I mean, I've been saying it on here and, and, you know, on social media, I think, and just between us and our friends and everything, but coming up through the ranks, everyone's saying, you know, Taylor Gray's the better of the two Gray brothers. And I've been a little skeptical because the last time I heard somebody say that about, you know, a pair of brothers, it was, oh, man, you think Austin Dillon's good? Well, look out for his brother, Ty. He's going to be even better. And, you know, one of them's a multi-champion in the National Series and has a Daytona 500 and Coke 600. And the other one has four combined National (laughs) Series wins. So I was a little Uh... skeptical about it, but. Taylor is no, definitely looking good. It was funny. Yeah. I was on Reddit a couple weeks ago, and they were talking about Ty Dillon, and someone brought up the same exact thing you said, something we both know to be true, that everyone said Ty was the better brother. And this guy was like, no one thought Ty was the better brother. And they were like, well, you must be like 12 and not have been on the internet <laughs> at that time, because everybody thought, other than maybe Austin, everybody thought Ty was the better brother. Uh, other guy I want to highlight, not necessarily for his finish, but he had a good good stage one at least, and just kept the truck clean. Land Riggs uh, brought him 19th, qualified fourth, though, really good qualifying effort. Finished eighth in stage one and lost track position on the slow pit stop. We never really saw what happened, which, I mean, I, he's, uh, it's just kind of be, and I feel like going to be the truth here. If you're not in the top five, you're not a playoff driver, they're not going to pay much attention to you yeah. uh, here the rest of the season. But just wasn't able to get it back, and because of the way the cautions worked out, if you lost a lap, you were basically screwed. Yeah. Just with the long long stretches, you couldn't really justifiably stay out and try to get a wave around. And Yeah, so. I'm, solid, I'm interested with him. Race, though, kept it clean. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You know, like, uh, 
Uh, he's got his foot in the door now, you know, with Stuart Friesen's team, and they've run the 62 track a bit. You know, his um, Stuart's wife obviously ran the dirt races in it, and you saw Todd Bodine in it a bunch. I don't know if it's going to be a full time ride after this year. I don't. I know how many more races Lane's going to be doing the rest of this year either, but just something to keep an eye on. I think he's uh, been pretty impressive so far in his first couple runs in that machine. So, agreed, agreed. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I mean, just taking a look at some of these other guys um, and girls. Uh, start with Haley Deegan here. They had a crew chief swap that did not go so well. Qualified twentieth, finished twenty sixth. I think the big thing to come out of that was her crew chief getting on the radio and talking with her spotter um, during the race on the second channel. And, you know, Jerry Baxter, really good crew chief, has been around the sport for a while. And uh, TJ Majors also was the one up on the booth, or, um, yeah, up on the booth spotting for Haley. And I don't know what she has to do because I think they were, you know, agreeing that she seems to have the speed, but she just doesn't. She's got to stop following people and start making moves. That's basically what came out of that conversation during the race. So not uh, the best showing there with a new crew chief that I think uh, everybody thought maybe be able to point her in the right direction. So could have been better in that first run for her with uh, that pairing. And then uh, Rajak Karuth, I know he's young. I know he doesn't have a ton of experience. I was expecting more out of him. You know, He has track time at Richmond. He's in the seven truck, which you know, has looked good, and he even looked good when he was in it at Gateway. Um, Saturday night, not so much. Qualified 28th, finished 25th, so a little bit of a disappointment there for him as well. Yeah, I mean, they, they, uh, Raj at least was fast in practice, and clearly made a mistake in qualifying, gave up some time there, and I, this is just true for basically all of them. Once they went a lap down, basically every time, you just wound up going another lap down, so... So, we saw Raja late in the race. I don't remember which cars, but racing with some cars that were running uh, in the top 15, but just get caught, got caught a lap down and just can never really uh, can't right. couldn't can't recover from it if there aren't any cautions. Right. So I mean, other other than that, I I think it really wraps it up in the truck series. You know, it was a a, a meh race to say them. You know, to not be too mean about it, I guess. But it was boring. Looking- it, it was. It was. I'm trying not to be too mean, but you're not wrong. Going over to the cup race, though, that was better. The Obviously, the just longer amount of you know, race in terms of laps uh, definitely helped, brought strategy into it. And I think and, everybody uh, is going to be talking about the, uh, you know, waking up the sleeping giant, I guess, as Kevin Harvick goes back to back and... Yeah, I don't, no one saw this coming. <laughs> Just no. I mean, honestly, I don't think anyone really saw this race playing out the way it did. <laughs> Ford led 280 laps, placed five cars in the top ten. Truex nowhere to be seen. Kyle nowhere to be seen. Uh, even like Bell and Denny, Christopher Bell and Denny Hamlin, while they wound up there at the end of the race, threw a good chunk of it. Denny was kind of always near the front, but Christopher yeah. Bell wasn't really there uh, either. But yeah, no. Kevin Harvick takes back the first, takes the first back-to-back wins of the next gen era, and has suddenly put himself in that championship contender conversation. I'm Although not they going still, that far yet. they still. I mean, I think he is in. I would be willing to say he is a favorite right now. I yeah, I would say in my opinion, he's a favorite for the round of eight. 
I at that would, point, you're a I championship would, contender. That's fair. If you're going to look at it like that, I would agree. I just think it, it's funny. The, the swings on Kevin Harvick over the last couple weeks, we had people saying he was washed up and he was done. I was never that far. I've been in the camp that he's declined. I felt like he's declined I, more I than more Haas has declined. He's, he's declined. Yeah, I, I think even after these two weeks, I still think that's a fair take. And now people are saying, oh, man, you know, Kevin Harvick's back. Look out. And while I think he's probably a favorite right now for the round of eight, because he wasn't having a terrible year. He's having a bad year no, by Kevin he's, Harvick's he's, he's, he's struggled all year, and this was the reason I don't think that he is uh, a favorite per se. I'll definitely say he's a championship contender, because I think if you're a favorite to make the round of eight, at that point, you're a championship contender. You got your foot in the door, and you... You've seen things happen in that last round that are pretty for crazy. For sure. For yeah. sure. Phoenix, one of his tracks, had a good car there in the spring. Yeah. So if he could so, get there, uh, yeah. 100%, I would say he's a contender. Don't think he's a favorite. 100%, I think he's a contender, though. But I think the biggest issue for him, and this isn't something that really was fixed. I, I'd have to go back and look at Michigan, but they just don't get stage points. They got some this race, uh, finished fourth in stage two. But right now, he has, I, I'm pretty sure, if you ignore stages, the second most points collected in the series. But he has the fewest stage points of anyone in the top 10 by 45 points. That's going to be a problem comes playoff That's a time. pretty significant difference, and I got, that is my concern with him right now. If they can start unloading faster, qualify better, get more stage points, then I think, and they keep running the way he does, then I think he edges himself into potential championship favorite mostly just because like who is at this point so i think chases chases and i uh, denny is i think i I think denny is this this is what i was gonna say because people are jumping at the two wins with harvick and saying he's back he's two denny hamlin pit stop miscues away from not having any wins and being out of the playoffs. That is true. I I think a lot of people are, I'm just saying, I think a lot of people, because they see Christopher Bell and how close he got. And I don't think they realize on that last pit stop, Denny came in, you know, like a second and a half. I think it was ahead of Christopher Bell. Yeah. He lost three seconds. seconds. Yeah. He lost at least three seconds on that stop. Yeah. Period. End of discussion. And that doesn't include maybe having to race with more cars than, than Christopher mm-hmm. Bell did. Like, if it, straight up, he lost three seconds on the pit stop. And was if he wasn't within three seconds, he was still closer. If you give him three seconds, he was closer at the end of the race to Harvick than Bell was. And Bell was not that far behind. No, he was right there. Um, like, I, I want to say, like, uh, Denny... At the last time I saw the ticker was like three, like literally just over three, like three yeah. and then half a tenth. It was mm-hmm. very close. But you're 100 percent right. Yeah. If, if Denny's crew could execute, not only would he have won last week, and probably would have won this week. I feel more confident saying he would have for sure won last week. <laughs> uh, but would have probably won this week. Uh, I mean, they, there's several other races this season that if they don't have a piece of tape on their car, he wins Pocono. Yeah. Like there's a not Pocono. so there's not a there's a not so far distant reality where he's won three of the last four races or something like that. Three of the last four, four, three of the last five. It's it's up there. You know, he could be looking at five wins in the season with three of them coming in the last like month and a half. So w- with Harvard finally being able to close with his performance so far, if you ignore stage points. I, I would be okay saying he's a favorite for the round of eight, uh, but it, it's 
the stage points are my biggest concern of why I can't say he's a favorite to even make the final four yet. Yeah. I mean, he'll, uh, he'll be in the conversation, but, I, but I'm right there with you. I think right now I would say the favorites for the final four are Chase and Denny and then literally everybody else. Mm-hmm. Ross doesn't have as much speed as he's had that he had earlier in the year. He's still very quick. And if he gets, <laughs> if he somehow manages to get through it clean, is probably one of the next guys in that next group. But everyone else has had, uh, honestly, I, I that fourth guy right now, to me, is either Kyle Larson or Christopher Bell. Assuming uh, if we were to say Ross is three, because I still would probably put Ross ahead of Harvick, that fourth guy is probably Kyle Larson or Christopher Bell right now. I mean, when you when you factor in points from where they're finishing in the regular season right now, I mean, the first there are the four guys it looks like in terms of the seeding. Chase Ross, Joey Logano, and Kyle Larson. I, I know Joey Logano led a lot of laps. I think you mentioned it heading into this race. Like, this just felt like a race Joey Logano because he's I did. That so was off. straight up a pick yeah. I had. That he was my value pick because, one, Joey winning would be the, uh, the stinker, honestly, in terms mm-hmm. of what we want. And uh, just felt like a Joey Logano thing to do. And it looked like it might happen for a while. It- I mean, he led a race high, 222 laps. He did fall off at the end, still finished sixth. That's the best run he's had in a while. Uh, no, absolutely. Uh, just, Joey I, Joey, I think, is going to, I, first of all, still don't know how he's as high in points as he is. Uh, how, how Joey is sitting sixth in points. Uh, but, I mean, I guess William Byron's sitting tenth in points, and he hasn't had a top ten since he, where he said one. <laughs> he had one, I think, at Sonoma. Yeah, that that's was the it. only top ten since he won at Martinsville. Mm-hmm. So I, that's just the kind of season people are having. Mm-hmm. Like the, it's a, everyone's a lot closer to the middle than they than before, mm-hmm. and everyone's been making mistakes. But before we look at the finishes, one other thing I want to talk about is, I, I think this race pretty easily solidified that uh, no one is giving Ross Chastain the benefit of the doubt. Nope. Gets in an accident with Kyle Busch, an accident that I think subjectively you remove the numbers from those cars is not Ross Chastain's fault. Mm -hmm. Could he have backed out? Sure. Kyle Kyle probably didn't know that they were three wide there and that Ross was there, but Kyle Spotter should have been able to tell him still anyway. Like, I cannot put that on a restart. You got to be aggressive. I do not put that on Ross. Could Ross have backed out? Sure. But everyone that saw it basically blamed Ross for it. Yeah, and I, I, I felt like no, nah, I felt like it was a racing deal. Like I hundred percent, I hundred percent think it was a racing deal. Don't think it like, is necessarily anybody's fault. But I'm not going to uh, get. I'm not going to blame people for blaming Ross because Ross has kind of done this to himself. No, that's that's been his track record all year. Um, when you, you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt when you're constantly running into people and, you know, you watch the replay, there are three wide. I saw some people say, man, Ty Gibbs or Ty Gibbs, Ty Dillon should have given him more room. I, I think Ty was just there. It looked like Ross Ty, was up Ty pretty was high. Ty yeah. one of the better runs of his career before yeah. <laughs> uh, having issues late. Still brought it home 17th. Uh, so I am not going to fault Ty Dillon for anything. No. Ty Dillon's also on the inside. Like, he, I think usually the guy on the inside is probably the one with least reason to back out most of the time. Yeah. Like, you're the one that can't go any lower. Like, no. like or high, you're not on the high side either, so. 
Yeah, it just I mean, it just shows where Ross is at. It just shows no, where Ross is at with the drivers. I agree, hundred percent. Like, and and that's why I don't think he's going to make the final four because I think you know I don't know if anyone's going to intentionally go after him in the playoffs, but I, they're not going to give him any room. No, I th- I I've said this for a while now. I a hundred percent think at least in the round of eight, he will have to win a race to make the final four. Mm-hmm. I think there's almost zero percent chance he'll be able to point his way in. Mm-hmm. He goes out and he wins. Think Vegas is the first race in yeah, that round. Yeah, Vegas is the first race in that. Goes round. out and wins Vegas, or goes out and wins Homestead. Almost certainly not going to be able to win Martinsville at that point. No, because but people are going to move him. He goes out and wins one of those races. I think that is basically his only way to get into the final mm. four. Yeah. Uh, just looking at the finishing. I already talked about Christopher Bell, but he only needed a couple more laps to win. But was coming on strong at the end there, and they, him and Denny, they did not have like a different strategy in terms of a two stop or a three stop or a two stop or a one stop, but they did pit when there was a caution. Yeah. Oh, that caution. uh, The the last caution they pit, they took fresh tires, which then allowed them to stand a little bit later when they uh, came down pit road the first time in the last green, uh, green flag run. And also on the second time. And with, I mean, you can see it there. They weren't, it's these, the tires obviously fall off quickly, but they all, they fall off a cliff at a point mm-hmm. because uh, Denny and and Christopher Bell weren't driving through the field that quickly. Like they were definitely faster, but they weren't that much faster. And then like twenty five to go, like a, a switch just flipped and they were going. I will say that last and yellow was brought out because Christopher Bell did spin out. So that really that, is true. that is true. That is true. That is true. Um, but. I'm pretty sure Christopher Bell was two seconds behind with like five laps to go. Yeah, and he was right there at the and end. And he finished uh, four tens back and just kind of didn't have a really good last couple corners. Probably could have finished closer. Couldn't. I don't think there's anything he could have done different to win. No. Uh, but it uh still a good race, and now he's equaled what was last year's top, his uh, top five total from last year. So we've been saying it. At least the most consistent of the JGR cars. I'd probably still give the speed edge to Denny. <laughs> although I think it's a lot closer than people act like, but I do think Bell's been the most consistent of the JGR cars. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's been pretty clear since, you know, probably the spring. Consistency-wise, he's definitely been the best. I, I definitely am with you. Denny I, still I think, has the speed. Yeah, I think they're. I honestly think Bell's speed has increased the last month and a half. Uh, yeah. but I think they've definitely been the most consistent since since probably the spring. Uh, well, at least from June, because Kyle was pretty good up until June. Yeah. So if we consider June part of the spring, then then at least since then. Yeah. Uh, third place uh, from one Christopher to someone who we now will all just call Christopher. Uh, Christopher <laughs> Busher. Thanks, Dale. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say it's his best race ever, just because I do think Sonoma was better, but I do think this is, was his best race on Oval. Yeah. Uh, straight up showed up there at the end. Uh, couldn't quite get there. Slipped behind Bell. Burned the stuff up a little bit too much. I was hoping Brad could have uh, done a little bit more. And you could tell he was trying because he about wrecked himself. Oh yeah, uh, but then a little bit more to slow up Harvick there, maybe giving Christopher Busher a chance. I don't even know why he says it because it's, it's with how with Busher's last name, it's such a mouthful. I, Christopher Busher. 
He's he's making it a game at this point. The fact uh, on <laughs> he, Twitter no, in, 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 a, in a commercial, right? God, Twitter talking about trying to get Rick Allen to call him Christopher Busher. Uh, but that was awesome. That might have been the best part of the weekend, even though the race Sunday we, was good. That was great. <laughs> we talked about it. RFK showed more speed. I think that's continued there. Brad slipped a bit at the end, but still finished fifteenth. Uh, I don't know if he finished top five stage one. I think he did. Yeah, he might uh, yeah, have finished fourth. Yeah, mm-hmm. he finished fourth stage one. Uh, they lost it a little bit at the end, but they were still solid. Uh, Chris Chris Bush has now tied his top five mark, which is only two, but still, I mean, with their speed, still have two road courses left. Would not be shocking to see him get a third one, mm-hmm. and has seven top tens on the year, which only puts him one behind his career high that he had the last two years. So yeah, I, I certainly uh, think this is shaping up to be a career year for them. Maybe not in points. Last year they were actually in a better points position than they are now, but I think that just also speaks to the parity. I think at the end of the season, I meant to run the numbers before, and maybe I'll run them before we uh, we talk again later in the week, but I would not be surprised if for a lot of guys, your, your top contenders, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Martin Triggs Jr., this year is their worst year stat-wise that they've had in a long time. Oh, yeah. From top fives and top tens. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Chase with his, I mean, it's it's mostly because they didn't get any a lot in the beginning of the this season. Uh, on pace for a career high in top tens, not on pace for a career high in top fives still. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though he has our points, it just shows to the, I mean, even guys like, I think Joey, obviously Brad's going to have his worst numbers in a while, but oh. I wouldn't even be surprised looking at it like Joey and, and uh, Ryan Blaney if they're also there in that category. So. I mean, Brad is currently on pace to have his worst season since his first full-time season in 2010. So then it would be hard to surpass yeah. that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think that's changing anytime soon. I I am getting a little bit of a feel with him and that whole 16 because I'm I am beginning to sense a trend where you know Bushner. I feel like they don't necessarily have the speed off the truck but they're able to build on it throughout the weekend in the race. And that's why he's gotten better results. Whereas Brad, they seem to be fast off the truck and then they start to fall behind. And I think you saw that kind of again this week where, you know, he was running, you know, qualified in the top 10, uh, ran top five stage one. And then they, they just couldn't really put it together after that. Um, you know, the last time I got a feeling like this about any driver was probably back in 2018 with Denny Hamlin. And when he still had uh, wheels as his crew chief. And that really came all together at the Brickyard 400 where they didn't have practice. They didn't have qualifying because it got rained out. And they had the best race of the season. Almost won the race if it wasn't for a couple of late yellows. And Brad Keselowski getting fresh tires at the end and passing him on a late restart. But I kind of get the feeling with Brad and Matt McCall that... This, this isn't like we have to change something right away. It's a new car. It's a new situation for Brad. You definitely try to run it back next year, I feel like. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I yeah. get where you're going at. I would be surprised yeah. if they change crew chiefs. Just because right now it's hard to argue that both teams, their trajectory is not upwards right now. Busher <laughs> uh, may be a little bit off than like early July where they were doing really good. But still, from like the spring, definitely on an upwards trajectory. Brad, 100% on an upward trajectory from earlier in the year. I get what you're saying. I don't disagree yeah. either. I, I, yeah. I, I'm I, inclined to agree with that. And suddenly, something I'll definitely keep an eye out more in the races. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I, I'd be surprised if anything changes. This yeah, I, I'm not like advocating for a change this year. I think it's just something to keep an eye on. Let's see how they do next year before you get into that. 
I will say when you look at McCall's stats, I think you know he was with Kurt the last couple of years, and I think Kurt really elevated his stats from when he was with Jamie McMurray before. And if there's anything that I think we could all agree with about Kurt, he is the best at probably getting the most out of. Middling equipment might be saying too much out of Ganassi, but you, you get where I'm going with it, where he is able to elevate pretty much everyone around him. We, so. uh... Kurt might be, like, an interesting what-if dive. Like, almost every team he's gone to is better... They are. ...than when he was there, but his numbers themselves, never that impressive. No, it's, it's really odd, because he's definitely found a way to elevate teams. You saw him get some insane runs in the 51 car. He turned Furniture Row into a playoff team, and then they reverted back to what they were before when Truex was there in 2014 before they got a hold of Cole Pern, and everything turned around there. Um, I think you saw a little bit, you know, at least with the 41 car, but that just might be because Cole Custer's yeah, Cole Yeah, the 41 Custer. car is <laughs> yeah. probably, like, throws a wrench in it. Yeah. But... It, it'll it'll be interesting. Speaking of Cole Custer, not someone I have on my list, but was running good and yeah, until the car quit. They, <laughs> until the car quit, like I just guy cannot catch a break. I still think they absolutely need a different crew chief. The fact that they have the same crew chief is borderline shocking. Like he was top, he finished ninth in the stage one, the head of of several guys, including Martin Truex Jr. <laughs> and just ultimately finished twenty six because. Power steering issues, and these are not, you know, it's not like, it's not when the power steering goes out. The car is suddenly like driving a car from the 80s. Like no. the cars in the 80s were designed to still, even if they didn't have power steering, still be easier <laughs> to maneuver. Whereas these cars, it's way harder once power steering goes out. With how early he lost it, the fact he only finished three laps down is actually kind of impressive. It was weird because, uh, like, smoke's literally coming out of the car, and they still that issue. They still finished. I'm pretty sure. Not. I'm pretty sure that issue actually started in stage one. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty uh, early. On race. His, his teammate also uh, Ch Chase Briscoe. Um, some more uh, something's catching on fire. It sounds like the Ragger box was involved again, and Which stinks for him because he was having a pretty solid run too. He was, he was having happened. a solid run, and. Uh, Literally, a uh, car full of smoke. So, in terms of speed, this is probably the best Stuart Haas has been all year. Oh yeah, I mean Almirola yeah. brought it home eighth. Mm -hmm. uh, Harvick won, obviously. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yep. A couple of the guys I want to talk about real quick. Uh, Chase finished fifth, which good Richmond result. But now that puts him to where he just needs four points. Literally next week or the week after, but it's funnier just to say next week. Mm -hmm. uh, four points next, or yeah, next week to lock up the regular season championship. I would be pretty comfortable in saying he's going to lock up the regular season championship next week. Yeah, he, I don't know if he'll have it locked up by the end of stage one, just because you know how they strategize at the road course. Yeah, but I, I, that, that's be fair. Good. But yeah. I mean, it's also possible enough cars—not likely, but possible enough cars fall out by then. Mm -hmm. We'll see. I, <laughs> I. <laughs> There, depending on who's near the front, we might see some indie-style dive bombs in Stage Three, uh, <laughs> and I am not looking, not looking forward to that. That's that's uh, going to be very interesting. <laughs> uh, Joey brought it home six, which is uh, it's fine finish for him. Certainly not what he wanted to. Uh, uh, funny enough, led two hundred and twenty-two laps. Hey, 
<laughs> uh, but I, they talked about it, and this is what got me thinking. They said, oh, the most laps he led since the June Martinsville race in 2020. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, he didn't win that race either. So then I looked, and he's only won two of the six – of his six highest laps led in a race. He's only won two of those races. Uh, I feel like that's so, actually a better percentage than some drivers, but – Oh, I mean, it's only one of his teammate. Yes. That's that, that's very true. That if you told me that was zero percent, it would not shock me one day. I'm pretty sure it's pretty close to. I, I'm pretty sure the most laps he led in a race he won might have been like Talladega. I, I'd have to look, but it, it's you have to go in terms of Ryan Blady's most lap most laps led. Now percentage wise, it's probably different, but if you're just going off pure laps. 11, 12, 13, 14, it is 15th, and it is a Talladega race. I assume the, the 2021. I yeah, know he was the, up front a lot in that one. Yeah, so. that was the, the 2021. But, out of, yeah, the 15 most. Or I, I don't know if yeah, this was, bad. was on the the podcast or not, but, I mean, Ryan Blaney's obviously good, but at a certain point, we have to start questioning something like he is not i mean he's still young obviously uh but it's not like he's anywhere near a rookie still and they just don't win like we all feel they should i know at the beginning of his career you could really just chalk it up to like bad pit calls i know there were multiple times where they would be racing for stage wins when they had a car capable of winning the race and Sometimes you just don't do that. Sometimes you sacrifice the stage point so you can put yourself in position to win the race. Uh, this year's been different. I don't really get the feeling that they've been doing that this year. And granted, you know, Penske's been... They've been weird this year. I, I think bad is disingenuous to say. But inconsistent. Weird. Inconsistent. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Inconsistent. I mean, he's still second in points, and I don't he feel like... Point. That's why, like, I... I feel like that's why things don't really like change. He still always, almost always runs good, but I don't know what it is, man. I mean, a lot, maybe not this year, but in the past, I think you could look at it and just say a lot of it is bad luck. But it kind of does equal it, out with the races that he ends up winning. You look at it with the races <laughs> he won. At a certain point, like you are to a degree responsible for your own luck. Like there have been plenty of other guys that. That get bad luck and still either win races or still eventually win. Like he won three races last year, obviously, but got pretty lucky to win uh, a couple of them at least. I mean, yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta I don't uh, want to. I don't want to say he got lucky. I I wouldn't say that was lucky. Just you know, he no, no, he, he's no, he just, better. Yeah, he he had the best car at the end. Period. Yeah, um, I mean, Daytona's Daytona, so that is what it is. You know, I know. He is a good plate racer. He puts himself in position to win those races, but at the end of the day, you know, they, they water them all up on the back stretch on the last lap. Stuff happens during those races, and uh, Michigan, you know, that just came down to a late yellow. He got a better restart, and it was hard as hell to pass. So, yeah, you're not wrong. Like, he, he definitely had some stuff go his way there, even last year when he won three races. So, uh, I mean, they win stages. They have, I don't know if they... They probably still have the second most stage wins tied with Chase. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Trix is going to have the most and not win the damn race or not even make the damn playoffs. So well, with how this year has gone, it would not shock me one bit if he somehow won Daytona. That's just how crazy and out of control this year's been. You, you really just expect the most unexpected things to happen at this point. And Martin Trix Jr. walking off, off at Daytona would definitely qualify for that. So that would be nuts. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just feel like they should win more. But a couple, the other couple guys I want to talk about, uh, Kyle Busch, brought him ninth, his first top 10 since Gateway. It's all because uh, of Gigi. It's all because of Gigi. <laughs> That's why he did it. <laughs> <laughs> After Gateway, he was second in points, nine points back. I've seen a lot of comments about this, and I feel like double-checking, but at one point I, at Sonoma, he was like a point or two back after one of the stages. Uh, he, he now sits ninth, 219 points back. This is this is even worse than when he blew up in the playoffs in 2008 because of the points system. Yeah. <laughs> like, the amount of just... I mean, uh, it's, it's been it's, a rough, rough it's time. It's going to be man. pretty easy if he misses by five you know, five-ish points to point to the stretch as why they missed. Yeah. Uh, they were sitting second. And you don't need, at that, obviously, a lot of people were close and then Chase went on a killer run at that point. But a lot of people also at that point had difficulties. Uh, Blaney had a few bad races. Ross had a few bad races. Other than, like, Larson, who's actually, like, probably almost, he's lost a little points, but I don't think as much as, as most of the rest of them because he was already behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it, Kyle just goes out and gets top tens during that stretch, and he's probably sitting second in points right now. I mean, if you take away just the botch pit call at Nashville and the disqualification at Pocono, he's probably around fourth or fifth. Well, like, at least, going, at least. He, he's still at least in contention to get a good finish in the regular season standings, even though, you know, he's still nowhere near Chase, but... No. Lucky yeah. for him, William Byron's behind him, and he hasn't had a top ten since now even longer. So maybe Kyle will be uh, okay there and not, not fall down to that 10th spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, last guy I want to mention, and really Mo just to talk about the playoff picture, Ryan Blaney brought it on 10th and had a pretty solid Richmond race, actually gained points on Truex. I don't think any of us would have really guessed that happened. I, I did say, like, I think people are discounting that Ryan Blaney can go out there and run good. I certainly thought he could run good. Uh, I thought just even only losing a couple points to uh, Truex is probably a good day. And, I mean, he gained points. So I don't want to say it's a great day. No day is going to be great unless he wins, at least until Daytona's over if no one else has won. Yeah. But, I mean, he's now up 26 with two races left. And Brandon, is there any chance Truex makes it in without winning, honestly, Daytona? You know... Short of Brian Blaney getting wrecked in one, maybe at both Daytona. Races. Yeah, I think there is, but I'm not holding my breath because I mean I think Truex is the better road course racer, but the Toyotas <laughs> we've been talking about that. They've, so they've been, I agree. Yeah, they're just not I good agree, on the road course. I don't think similar to Richmond. I don't think Ryan Blaney's that far behind Truex in terms of actual road course prowess. Like I, Ryan Blaney, I think he gets overlooked because his one win was a race he shouldn't have won. Uh, and Truex should have won it. <laughs> but, I mean, Blaney can certainly fight for top fives at, at road courses. So I, I'd i have to go look how he's done this year. But I think, one, even without Toyota's issues, 
I would probably say unless Truex wins, he's not going to gain that many points on Blaney's. But then you're right. With Toyota's issues at road courses, I I think right now, I not, like I said, I have to go back and look see how Blaney's performed at the road courses. I would say Blaney's probably a favorite to gain points on Truex this weekend. It would not shock me if when we roll into Daytona, Ryan Blaney is in a situation where at least at the drop of the green flag, it's just don't screw up. Yeah, I, I could see him pretty easily being in a situation where you might consider just riding around those I, first two stages. I think if he goes into Daytona and he's up 30 points, you almost have to. 30 is maybe pushing it. 30, maybe you could do stage one. Mm-hmm. 30, 30, you could maybe do stage one. Because then, if because if he goes out, and then maybe see what Truex does in stage one at least. Yeah, like I think forty, you could probably say, "All right, no matter what Truex does, I'm going to sit here, stage one and stage two. Yeah, like, that's probably a safe number, forty. And being twenty six back with Toyota struggles, forty is fourteen points to gain. That's not impossible. I like I. I mean, at stage three, you're still going to have to go out to win because there's so many drivers. Sure. That are, oh, absolutely, yeah. 100%, 100%. You're still going to have to. Yeah, it's not you a situation where you can win or set. you push push the crap out of someone that already has a win. Like, oh yeah, no, those are those are your two options, or or somebody who's I don't know, just a plate ringer who's not going to affect the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, but, but no, I I I agree. I just. Yeah, I think this was Truex's shot, and short of an actual Blaney issue, which is not out of the cards, uh, I think it's win or yeah. go home sitting fourth, maybe even third in points. Like, this might sound crazy, but because of Toyota's problems on the road courses and Truex just not having the track record in the Cup Series at these restrictor plate tracks... I like Austin Dillon's chances better. I like Brad Keselowski's chances better. I like Bubba Wallace's chances better <laughs> so to make the playoffs. I will. I so one. I of all those guys, mm-hmm. I actually might like Brad's chances the best. Mm-hmm. Give me Brad McDowell and Busher over any of the other guys you mentioned. That's because while fair. Brad hasn't been great at Watkins Glen lately, he's still been good. They had a top ten car at Sonoma. Well, I was just talking about Daytona. But no, you're, but that's you're right. my point. Though. Watkins, that's, that's, yeah, that's my point. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I would. I probably like his chances almost as much as like Austin Dillon, Eric Almirola, just because Toyota seemed headed more in the right direction. Uh, Chris Farrell ran in the top five a lot at um, Indy Road Course. Uh, Bubba finished top five, but I mean, he, that, he was probably going to get a top ten still. Um, so there's been some signs, nothing is bad at Sonoma. They seem to have each step gotten a little bit better. So because of that, I don't know that I would say I like, like Austin Dillon's or Bubba Wallace or Eric Jones, Eric Almirola's chances more than Truex, but it's really close and that's not good for Truex. Mm -hmm. Uh, anyone else you want to, uh, highlight before I just give an overall playoff picture, break down some things. Yeah, um, I do want to mention Austin Dillon because I have no idea how the hell he finished 16th. I felt like he was. Yeah, back- <laughs> well, they they actually took a wave around. Uh, yeah, I and think that was when before Bell spun. So then before Bell spun, yeah. so then they it, another mm-hmm. quick caution mm-hmm. through through tires on the car went out and got up to 16th because he was I, running bad. I'm he was like 30th with Reddick all day. 
I am somewhat concerned for McDowell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if maybe they actually found something at uh, Pocono, but since then, obviously, uh, it just is not. He's you kind of expected this anyway, just because the nature of uh, that team. You kind of felt like there was a good chance they would go on some some uh, hot and cold streaks. Right. Uh, but but since Pocono, uh, one's a road course, so the, whatever. He finished eighth there. But Michigan, 28th. Richmond, 29th. And honestly, 29th, about the highest he ran all day. Yeah. Qualified like 34th and literally spent majority of the race outside the top 30. I just looking at uh, it. He finished two laps behind Todd Gilliland. So, you know, Todd Gillen was like solidly ahead of him the entire race. It was mm-hmm. strange and I don't understand it. But anyway, yes. Uh, other uh, than one that, other guy, oh, you got one more. I will, one more. Yeah, he didn't get All a good right. finish mostly because of uh, a penalty that they really shouldn't have gotten. But Ricky Stenhouse was ripping that top side, man. Yeah, at the beginning of the race, he definitely was. That was pretty like, fun. Through stage, through stage two, too, he was ripping it and. They were going to be in a position where I don't know how the strategy would have exactly played out, but they could have, with how many cars wound up a lap down at the end of the race, they could have uh, finished better. But instead, they got, I don't remember if it was a speeding penalty. I think it probably was. Just I think the most. that was pretty crazy. It was when he went up and hit Truex, he was going to pit and he got a commitment cone violation because he, he did not it. get a commitment cone violation. That's not what they said. No, no, because now if you hit the box, you can still leave. Okay. Because they, they initially said that. They, when I was listening, it sounded like he got that, and then they did mention the speeding penalty. I figured he just did both, but what you're saying is that's not the, the penalty initially. Yeah, no, it was just speeding gotcha. on pit road. He had a pass mm-hmm. No, this I think it was this year. Maybe it was last year. They changed it, which honestly I think they should have the entire time, especially once they went to a box. At least yeah. the cone, you could easily see the box. I'm sure they can't always see. But now if you hit the box, it's treated like you're not on it. So if okay. you hit the box and then go to pit road, that's a penalty. Okay, but if you, you avoid the it. Box and, go, and, and then go off pit road, not a penalty. So, so between that where he lost time and then the penalty, they still brought it home 22nd. Uh, so, I mean, if he had just finished one lap down, he would have been no worse than 17th at that point. So just a shout out to him. But the looking at the, the grid real quick, uh, we could effectively see most of the playoffs end this week, really no matter what. So right now we're sitting uh, – all, all our two race – or two win – two race winners are locked in, and there are a lot of other people that, based on what I've seen, are locked in. Uh, Chase, Larson, Chastain, Logano, Bell, Harvick, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Tyler Reddick all locked in. Uh, Larson and Kyle Busch, I believe, are locked in based on points. I do not think they can fall below. I know Larson can. I don't think Kyle can fall below Chase Briscoe, which is what it would be required. If mm-hmm. we got two winners, uh, it would Briscoe would be the highest that cut line could be. Uh, if there's no new winner at Watkins Glen, which does honestly seem likely, then at that point, all our one race winners are locked in. Uh, Daniel Suarez, Alex Bowman, Austin Sindrick, Chase Briscoe, Kurt Busch. Uh, if Blaney or Truex win at Watkins Glen, then by virtue of their points position, they are locked in. Mm-hmm. And if there is a new winner, if Kurt doesn't race and there's a new winner, then everyone other than Kurt is still locked in. Kurt is then 
the guy that could potentially miss because he's too far back of, of Briscoe to be able to catch him. If he does race, he'd have to gain some points on Briscoe uh, and on Sindrick. But if he does race and there's a new winner, anyone above 55 points above Kurt Busch at that point would be locked in because mm-hmm. that's the most they could gain because if they won 60, well, they win anyway. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so it's going to be, I, it's going to be so funny to me if we do get 16 winners and then like, and I would suck if this person in particular, but it's a name that comes to my mind most. Uh, we get 16, we'll say Blaney or Truex goes out one this weekend and then Brad wins. At oh, Daytona. That, yeah. Like would. I would hate it, but it would also be very funny to me because we finally get that situation where a guy's gone out in Daytona I mean, granted, we've only been going for two years. This is only our third year, so it's not like we've gone through a decade of stuff happening. But it sets up, you know, we get that guy who races his way into Daytona, and then it doesn't matter because he's too low in points. That's honestly why I'm kind of hoping we just get Chase Elliott run away at Watkins Glen and you know, run away and hide, dominate the race. Just give Chase the win. That way you I mean, have goal- the opening. My goal the entire time has been 16. I never cared about getting 17 or 18. It's always been 16. So I, you know, I don't really, I, yeah, Chase can go out and win Watkins Glen. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I, I just want to see it happen. So Brad, you know, at least still has a chance at Daytona, but that's just before, me. before we go over the picks, anything else you want to add? Uh, you know, one last guy I want to throw out there, Alex Bowman, uh, qualified fifth. And then did absolutely nothing during the race. So uh, they, had, they had a penalty of some sort. Or no, no, they just had a really, really bad pit stop. So yeah. bad. They were running like in the top 10 and the, it was so bad that the graphic that showed positions already disappeared before <laughs> he even came off pit road. I think that was at the end of stage one, I feel like, if I, I remember believe so. right. And then they did they, nothing after that. They did nothing after that. That, yeah. is, that is accurate. So that, uh, that was disappointing. I, I felt like with how they qualified, I thought, you know, I didn't expect him to go out there and contend for the win, but I thought he'd have at least a top 10 day, and they, they just weren't able to recover from that pit mishaps. And this wasn't like the truck race, right? I felt like you could make up ground in the cup race. So the fact that they just got back there and Bowman wasn't able to race his way back up, that was uh, surprising, I well, guess. Well, I will say, I'm pretty sure their position also got worse because they, they, once they went a lap down, I noticed at one of the the cycles they seemed to run really long, just trying to get a yellow and to get try to get a yellow, yeah. which ultimately it's not the play. Uh, I mean that's great guys for it you. It was it was well. I mean I can't fault him that much. I mean at best he maybe finishes you know seventeenth, like I don't know, or maybe like sixteenth. I don't think it matters that much to be honest. Yeah. And they're not going to get to the top 10 in points. They're no. not locked in at 11th. They honestly, surprisingly enough, might lose that spot to Denny. Uh, Denny is now somehow miraculously only 18 points behind Alex Bowman for That's 11th on the grid. A horrible like first quarter of the year and a disqualification, so... Yeah, you know, that, that's why I think that they're, they're, they're a championship they're, favorite. They're certainly a championship favorite. Yep. Uh, looking over at the picks... Our picks to win the truck race, I mean, they before all performed, I'm pretty sure, in the top five. Uh, John Hunter, I picked John Hunter. He brought, came home second. You picked Grant Infinger, who I think came home fourth. Sounds uh, right. Solid, solid. We didn't talk about him because he had already won, but solid first two races for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if, 
if they kept up this speed, they could be in the final four, like in your predictions, without even winning Talladega. Yeah, no, I don't know so, where this is coming from, but they're they're turning uh, it on. Corey Heim, Corey Heim was Jeremy's pick. He brought him fifth. So all of them were in the top uh, top five for our value picks. You you and Jeremy both picked Lane Riggs, who had a solid first stage and then just got back there. Could never really get back up. I picked Tyler Ingram, who I think was the highest finishing. Either was the highest or second highest finishing of the non-playoff guys. It was either him mm-hmm. or Kraus, which is not surprising since they were the first two out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for our head-to-head, Jeremy picked Zane Smith over John Hunter Nemechek, which did not happen. Uh, Zane Smith kind of just nowhere, and John Hunter finished second. Uh, you picked Ty Majeski over Corey Heim. I picked Chandler Smith over Corey Heim. Those both came to fruition. And I will say, the team that we both made for fantasy – Pretty good. Uh, also did also did very solid having yeah. Chandler Smith, Ty Majeski, Grant Finger all coming in the top five, uh, and Taylor Gray who came home sixth, and then uh, Lane Riggs who didn't get that many points. Raja who still got a cup got enough points where he wasn't a complete bust. Yeah, uh, I honestly don't know. Like Lane Riggs is qualifying was what scared me off putting him on any other teams, but he probably was the, the one that could have been switched that uh, that would have wound up netting some more money. Yeah, but so, solid run. And it's like I said, John Hunter felt too expensive for me, and I wasn't confident he was going to go out and dominate, and he didn't. He nope. led one lap. So uh, over to the Cup race, uh, I picked Kyle Busch to win, which was not really a factor all day. Had some damage, so I don't think that really stopped him from winning. You picked Truex, who was less of a factor than Kyle, and uh, I mean, I we all would have probably picked Truex though as the thing. If if we didn't if we wanted to pick the same guy we would have all picked Truex. Like, yeah. Truex's performance was was shocking. I know there was shocking. Uh, Jeremy though did pick Kevin Harvick who did win the race. Well, so uh, clap it up for him. That's a that's a dub. So kudos, <laughs> kudos to him uh, for our our betting our betting value guys. I picked Joe Logano who led two hundred twenty two laps. I I looked like a genius for over half that race. So. <laughs> Uh, you picked Eric Almarola, who you probably Solid. wouldn't have yeah. by the day just because he qualified so poorly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't talk about it, but man, qualifying drop made a huge difference. If you didn't yeah. get in that top five in that first round, you were like 20th or worst. I, you know, I, I don't think I would have changed it from a value perspective because I felt like he was going to run his good. Odds, and... his odds might yeah, have his odds probably. That That's point. true. Yeah. <laughs> And Jeremy picked Ty Gibbs. He was running solid before having engine issues. Uh, he was in the top 15. wasn't going to win, but was in the top 15. So mm-hmm. uh, for our group bets there, group one, Truex, Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Christopher Bell, Brandon and Jeremy picked Truex. I picked Kyle Busch. Well, Christopher Bell finished second, so he took home that stage. I, I don't know that I – I think I mentioned him, not necessarily for this one, but I did say Christopher Bell is certainly someone who could run out and have a good race here. Yeah, uh, this was one of his better tracks. So he went out and did do that mm-hmm. uh, for the second group: Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Ross Chastain, and Ryan Blaney. Uh, Brandon and Jeremy picked Larson. I picked Ryan Blaney, and it was actually Chase Elliott, who I explicitly said has about the same average finish as Kyle Larson, so he could probably actually beat him. Didn't pick him because I picked Ryan Blaney, but uh, Chase Elliott did take home that victory in that group, uh, bringing him fifth. Uh, group C was Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Tyler Reddick, and Bubba Wallace. I picked Logano, Brandon, and Jeremy both picked Kevin Harvick, and that was the right pick. But Harvick finished, or Logano finished sixth, so I ain't gonna be too upset with that. Oh. 
This last one, which I guess I did not save Jeremy's pick, so if you remember, feel free to share it. Otherwise, we'll just, I guess, not go over it. But it was William Byron, Daniel Suarez, Alex Bowman, and Eric Almirola. And I'm pretty sure, wasn't Almirola like plus 400 odds or something? He was plus 500. I think he went with Almirola, too. Okay, well, you definitely should have put the money on him because Almirola did win that group. I, I actually did. I didn't put a ton. <laughs> But, but I did. Good. That was one Good. of my few wins. That and Harvick winning their groups. Uh, it was a pretty rough day on the actual betting side, but I could afford that given the couple hot weeks I was coming off of. Hey, it's going to come in ebbs and flows. Ebbs and flows. That's, that's betting. That's the name of the game. So, is what it is. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, the Amarola pick I felt pretty comfortable with, and, you know, it, it worked out. You know, I think anytime you see a plus five hundred on a group, you gotta at least kick the tires on it because that's that was, pretty insane value. Yeah, indeed. But uh, you know, that's gonna do it on the the closing with the uh, the betting portion here. Um, any final thoughts, Mark? Uh, no. Richmond's okay for the Cup Series, but I don't know what makes it better, so I don't have a solution. Yeah, that's that's fair. I think um. <laughs> You know, it's not going to shock me. This is probably going to be one track moving forward that's probably going to lose a date. I think that's going to be an easier decision, too, with Auto Club looking more and more likely it's going to become a short track. So you're not necessarily losing out completely on a short track there since you'd be gaining one with Auto Club if they do go ahead and reconfigure that track. Uh, only other thing I have to add is, uh, you know, it's not official yet, and I already mentioned it, but we might have did our job with Texas. <laughs> so yeah. hopefully if I, that is true they make I it mean, better whether they announce it's being uh, repaved and uh, when we get the schedule, schedule or not I would imagine if we come there and not only do they have one date but it's in the spring that certainly it's lends happening. to me that it's getting repaved some, some way I'm very torn though I don't want to talk too much about it uh, would you be okay if they just Atlanta'd it so, I'm going to go... Five-second thought. Five-second thought. Yes, if they take away one of Atlanta's races. All right, we're on the same page. Yeah. We don't... I don't think we need seven or eight plate tracks. Same exact page. Same exact yeah. page. If, if Atlanta lost a date, I would be okay with it. But we'll see. I hope they don't go that route, but given the alternative, which would be Texas what it is, I'd, it's an improvement. I didn't feel that way about Atlanta, but if you're going to make Texas a plate track, that's an improvement uh, versus the product that we have there. But that's going to do it for tonight, guys. Uh, thanks for listening to the Bernie Breakdown, and we will be back later on in the week with a preview for Watkins Glen. Until next time, guys, thanks for listening. Brandon Monroe here. Thanks for listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Remember to keep listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform. And remember to follow us at Bernie Breakdown on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all of our other social media platforms.